Welcome everyone to On Podcast, the On Microsoft Podcast, where we talk about Microsoft stuff on a podcast. I'm your host today, Kareem Anderson, and I wish want to wish everyone kind of an early, happy Halloween. If you celebrate, enjoy, or just acknowledge the day, who knows? Uh, if you don't, uh, then happy weekend. I'm hoping you're enjoying your weekend. Uh, let's get into what we're going to be talking about today. We have on the docket uh, Microsoft Earnings, where we're talking about PC shipments, scaring off investors just a little bit. Uh, we're going to be talking about Android 12L and the Duo, um, just a little bit more. I know that we've talked about it for the past two podcasts, but it's here. So we're talking about it and uh, just a little bit. And then we'll be talking about uh, the Windows on ARM developer kit that just landed, the new Windows Surface ARM device that isn't a two-in-one tablet. Let's get into it. Our opening discussion today is Microsoft's fiscal year two, 2023 quarter one earnings report. Um, and it's been summed up and summarized by everybody in the media, analysts, firms, uh, investors and whatnot as declines, uh, which resulted in you know some not so great after hours trading for them. Uh, Microsoft had a somewhat meh quarter uh, for its reportedly uh, for its quarterly reported reported earnings, um, and the market the market responded in kind. Um, but some of the headlines following the company's report highlighting the drop in stock stock value, tipping about eight percent, I think, at its highest point. Uh, that happened within the first twenty four hours. It's uh, kind of balanced itself out since then, but it was a pretty shaky forty eight hours for the company and investors at the moment. The reality is, is that Microsoft still managed to beat street, uh, street estimates, despite um, the big headline talking about the 15% decline in Windows licensing. Uh, speaking of which, the drop did come uh, as investor confidence followed a miss by the company's projected projections for Windows licensing, where Microsoft predicted a high single-digit loss last quarter. They thought they'd be at like, you know, eight or nine. And they charted a 15% decline, so that kind of scared everybody. Not only was it a decline, but it was one that Microsoft didn't foresee. Um, couple this with a rather gloomy forecast for the upcoming one, because investments are all about future earnings, not present or past. Uh, and investors were a little bit shaken um, by that news, those combined uh, elements, uh, and started hammering the stock. Uh, you know, probably selling off a little bit or as much as they could to make a quick buck, because they're not uh, certain on what's gonna be happening in the future or if that value is still gonna stand. Fortunately for Microsoft, its pivot to the cloud helped uh, buoy its stock as Windows licensing makes up less than 25% of the company's overall profits and revenue. So uh, we've been talking about this for five years or five, six years or so, and um, roughly right before Satya Nadella took over, about how the Microsoft, about how Microsoft was trying to move away from Windows licensing as its sole uh, or its largest portion of the company's efforts uh, and kind of diversifying and diversifying big into cloud because that is where the company saw its future earnings coming from. And lo and behold, they were right. Apple's doing the same thing as they're moving, you're trying to quickly move away from the iPhone as being the uh, breadwinner and kind of moving to software services uh, following similar trajectory of Microsoft. Google is throwing everything at the wall to do this, a similar uh, effect, um, but advertising still seems to be weighing them down as evident by their earnings. 
Uh, speaking of profits and revenue and earnings and all of all of that, uh, the hard numbers for the quarter are as followed. Revenue was about $50.1 billion uh, and increased about 11%, and I think they say about 16% in constant currency. Operating income was $21.5 billion and de- or increased as well uh, by about 6%, about 15% in current con- uh, currency. Net income was $17.6 billion, and that was the decrease, about 14%. Uh, and this is again year over year. Uh, diluted earnings uh, per share was about two dollars and thirty-five cents, which is a decrease uh, down from uh, about seven percent in current uh, currency. And again, that's where you see investors kind of you know get a little bit rattled. My, uh, if we get into more about the, the businesses themselves, if you're looking just beyond the surface headlines, Microsoft Productivity and Business uh, Process Divisions, uh, those are the ones that include uh, LinkedIn, Dynamics, Office, both commercial and consumer products, tallied a $16.5 billion uh, revenue uh, this quarter, representing about a 9% growth year over year. Microsoft's Intelligent Cloud, which houses server products, cloud services such as Azure, Enterprise Mobility, Hyper Solutions, especially with partners like Nuance, uh, grew by about 20%. Uh, so again, cloud continues to be a big earner for them, uh, but compared to previous quarters and brought the company about $20.3 billion in revenue. Uh, but Microsoft's more personal computing that that harbors all the things we like to talk about in this podcast, write about in, on our website, and gets a lot of traction. Uh, houses things like uh, Surface Hardware, Surface uh, Search, Xbox Gaming, and Windows licensing. Um, that whole division charged about 15%. It was the biggest draw of everyone's headline news with its 15% decline. Um, just Windows licensing generally. Uh, the other sectors in that business grew about 2% for Surface Hardware. Uh, Xbox hardware uh, brought in about a 13% increase in gaming revenue, and uh, I mean a 13% increase in hardware revenue and about 4% uh, in gaming revenue. And search was up about 60% despite acquisition costs for the business increasing. Overall, the section brought in about 13.3 billion revenue for the quarter. Uh, Microsoft returned to investors about 9.7 billion, I mean, to shareholders about 9.7 billion in the form of uh, share purchases and dividends uh, in the first quarter of the fiscal year which is unfortunately still seen as a decrease of about 11% for the first quarter uh, compared to the first quarter of 2022 when they were riding uh, the last bit of waves for from the post-pandemic, I guess we're still in pandemic, but less pandemic area. Picking through some of the reports, we now know that Microsoft's cloud revenue of uh, $25.7 billion, uh, marks an incline, a 25% incline year over year, and the company managed to increase its gross margins uh, year over year by 73%, uh, and commercial books, while well, commercial books declined about 3% year over year. So uh, those numbers are working well in their favor for the cloud. LinkedIn continues to grow and it grew its revenue by 17%, uh, and its sessions, LinkedIn sessions are growing by 24%. So that was a, a still, it's an acquisition that's paying for itself at this point, at this moment. Microsoft 365 consumer subscribers grew about 13%. Uh, and the total seats, I believe, were sitting at around 61.3 million. Lastly, we should also note that Microsoft has recently made some changes to its reporting and is now tucking HoloLens hardware under the Surface uh, hardware umbrella. So um, we'll see how that affects those numbers. I don't expect it to change a whole lot for the company, but it could, on the positive side, bring in a handful of revenue points for uh, the sector because Microsoft still sells it at like $3,000. Uh, I think our, uh, we have some reporting saying that they've sold 
about uh, 300,000 of those devices at 3,000 bucks is not nothing to scoff at. Um, they're also poised to deliver uh, 100,000, 125,000 more of those devices. I don't know if, what price they're getting at uh, for the U.S. Army if everything works out for this contract that's charted at 21.5 billion over the next 10 years. Uh, that's with a whole bunch of you know additives to that, but uh, that could raise the service hardware division alone just by that. Um, in summary, for those of you trying to figure out you know what to say to your friends or family members when they ask. Um, a flat PC market that got overly inflated during the pandemic is now drifting back to a new reality where shipments or you know, PC manufacturers still shipping more than they did pre-pandemic, uh, but uh, because they're not shipping at the same highs that they were during the pandemic, it's kind of weighing everyone down. Uh, again, this is across the board for Intel, AMD, as far as uh, chip shipments and placements. Uh, I believe Apple grew, which is, you know, congrats to them. Uh, but again, we're seeing uh, levels kind of come back to a new high. Uh, and Microsoft is kind of feeling that uh, as of right now, at least for the Windows side of things. In the next year or two, we expect that to cycle to re-up itself. You know, everyone basically bought everything they needed. Now we're seeing them kind of sit on it and use the products that they have. In a couple of years, they'll upgrade and we'll see another spike in that for Microsoft. Microsoft has also told investors that things next quarter could be uh, easily add, as bad as this quarter um, and perhaps the next couple of quarters to boost. So uh, again, this is part of why investors were uh, a little bit active during after hours because they're trying to get ahead of what they think might be a downturn for the next few quarters until uh, the PC market, Microsoft, and more people move to the cloud. And to be clear here, I just want to put uh, emphasize what you said. Growth is not falling off a cliff. Alphabet sales still accelerating. Microsoft Azure sales up 42% last quarter. If you back out currency, they're growing, according to what the company says, they should rise around 37% in the current quarter. So it's not that as though things are going quote unquote, badly on an absolute basis. It's on a relative basis mm -hmm. to what they've been doing and relative to street expectations. So growth is slowing. It is not stopping. It is not reversing. It is in some categories, as you can see there. But overall, for these large companies, it's not that they're doing badly, so to speak. It's that they're, they're yeah. not doing as well as they were. Right on. Um, that's investor talk. If you're still with me, I appreciate it. Wake up. We're getting into the headlines. When it comes to headlines, uh, Microsoft is showing off its new Xbox dashboard is one of our bigger headlines. While we may not be getting a new console anytime soon, the Xbox team is working to refine the UI experience on our current ones. Uh, for owners of an Xbox One, Xbox Series S or X, Microsoft recently began implementing a slow rollout of UI features that it plans to continue to deliver well into 2023. Uh, if you're in the Xbox Insider Alpha ring, you should have or soon be getting the first taste of the team's proposed UI changes that include uh, more uniform content boxes. You don't have the like large one to the left and a bunch of small ones following it. You have all of them the same size. Uh, the other thing we're going to be getting is prominently emphasized sections for Game Pass content. That seems to be the biggest thing. So if you're wondering what that looks like and you haven't seen it on YouTube, if you're not watching the B-roll right now, just close your eyes for a second and imagine what the Xbox app looks like. That's roughly what the UI is going, at least as of right now, currently looks like. 
Unfortunately, at this point in early development, it looks like a lot of the customization gamers have gotten used to on the current Xbox dashboard has been ripped out. Uh, they've just wholeheartedly taken everything out and maybe they're doing this like start from bare bones and work their way back up to better features. They kind of did that with uh, the Xbox Series S and Xbox One dashboard uh, beforehand. And that's how we got to where we're at right now. Um, I mean, it seems like they're doing this in favor of pushing more Xbox Xbox game past content. Um, I'm not a fan of it so far, but the completed UI isn't due until sometime in 2023, which leaves plenty of room for tweaking, refinement, and some backtracking if you're listening. Aside from where things are on the screen, the Xbox team has continued to deliver on functional features, such as the recent Discord integration and Revamp DVR app. Uh, which should help with, you know, Twitch and YouTube engage, uh, engagement for gamers. Obviously, I'm not an expert on UI or UX design, but I would like to see more game trailers embedded in the thumbnails on the dash instead of having to click into things. I guess it's be similar to how YouTube has kind of been implementing the scroll over or the uh, thumbnail preview. I'd just like to be able to get a quick gist of what the gameplay is going to be like if I'm, you know, going to invest some time in it. A lot of times I see um, a thumbnail and the, just the thought of having to click into it, have another screen pop up, click into the trailer, have a full screen of the whole thing, kind of takes me out of the flow of exploring games. That's just me because I'm old and I'm lazy, who knows? Uh, if you agree with me or side with me on that, I appreciate it. But uh, I just think stuff like that is it helps keep people in the flow of gaming and can maybe push those impromptu decisions to purchase a game. Uh, the reason uh, I'm also suspecting that they're pushing Game Pass is because while it's doing well, it's still not hitting the numbers that Microsoft would like it to do. Uh, so they're going to try and increase it any way they can uh, by any means. The other headline we have now, uh, speaking of Xbox gaming, is Xbox CEO Phil Spencer spoke with the Wall Street Journal or spoke at the Wall Street Journal Tech Live conference this week following Microsoft's quarterly earnings uh, report and reiterated that Game Pass is indeed profitable, as we were just saying. According to Spencer, Game Pass is responsible for about 15% of Microsoft's Xbox content and services revenue. Quote from Spencer, Game Pass as an overall part of our content and service revenue is probably about 15%. I don't think it's bigger than that. I think I think the overall revenue grow uh, grows. So 15% is a bigger number. But we don't have uh, this future where I think 50 to 70% of our revenue comes from subscriptions. This info comes a day or so after the Microsoft report, uh, reports its uh, content service revenue had dipped 3% in the previous quarter. Addressing those concerns, Spencer explained that the company is seeing, quote, incredible growth on PC, on consoles. I've seen growth slow down, mainly because at some point you've reached everybody on console that wants to subscribe, said Phil. So I'm guessing that hints towards him aiming towards PC players now, uh, which again is, bigger, supposed, than console gamers. Hmm. Perhaps the most telling thing uh, from this uh, from this time at the Wall Street Journal Tech Live event was that Spencer doesn't believe the Xbox will continue to hold prices on consoles and its subscription services forever. This is a big thing. Uh, and that raising prices on either is something that the business is considering. But at least through this holiday season, uh, they should remain the same. So shop up. Um, he specifically said, that uh, they are concerned uh, about uh, people going out and shopping this holiday season, which is part of the reason why they decided to keep not only the console prices, but game prices where they're at, uh, subscription prices as well. So again, if you want to go out and buy gift cards, 
stack them because who knows uh, come January or February those prices might start to creep up in other news uh, Microsoft is finally taking baby steps to bringing us that unified one note experience we were all promised last year it felt like it's been forever uh, maybe it's just because Microsoft wants to unify all their apps and rarely ever does uh, as reported last year, Microsoft highlighted that it had, been, it had plans underway to unify both the uh, OneNote uh, UWP app and the OneNote uh, Win32 apps for Windows into a single client. The company further indicated that the move did not mean that they were building a new app altogether, but instead taking the Win32 app and sprinkling features from the UWP into it. I would have done it the other way around, but I'm not Microsoft. On the contrary, the goal behind this was to provide users with an integrated experience where they can make use of all the features they have already had that are familiar under one app. And now Microsoft announced that the OneNote for Microsoft 365 app is now available in the Microsoft Store. I guess this is going to be replacing the uh, OneNote app for Windows 10 because you can no longer get it from the store. I think you have to go find it in a form somewhere or have a link provided to you by a friend who knows a friend. It's a weird story, uh, but this does. Uh, but what this does mean for those users that are still using OneNote for Windows 10, uh, they still continue to use the application. So if you have it, great, keep using it. Uh, but it's set to reach the end of support in October 2025, uh, around the same time as Windows 10. Moreover, the application will no longer get new feature updates. It's no longer available for download via the Microsoft Store. You will therefore require a direct link, as we mentioned. Uh, if you head over to the Microsoft Store for OneNote, only the new OneNote app uh, windows will appear. Not much has changed visually, but we'll report on it as soon as it does. For now, users can now grab uh, the OneNote app through the Microsoft Store and start making any necessary pages or section changes uh, in preparation for the impending meshing. So if you have uh, your notes organized in a certain way, I, it doesn't look like it's changed fundamentally, like where everything's at, the UI or anything like that. So it should trans transfer over pretty easily. But if you have things nestled and stuff like that, just be prepared to start organizing some of that and reorganizing, reorganizing some of that. Personally, I hope to keep the fluid animations from the OneNote uh, for Windows 10 app, the UWP one, because that one is very smooth. The way things transition, open up, close, I love that. Uh, as well as the side panel from the UI. I just love being able to collapse it. It is very wide, it is very visual. Uh, the other thing I loved is the uh, image previews because I use a lot of images in my OneNote to kind of help organize things. Uh, this new version doesn't have it yet. They need to bring it, you know what, matter of fact, just bring over the OneNote for Windows 10 app, uh, okay? I really enjoy that one. Uh, I think it's better than um, the, what do you call it? Uh, Windows 10 um, current one, or the, yeah, the current one. Anyway. Speaking of OneNote features, uh, OneNote, uh, the OneNote Office team has also added a semi-new pin-focused view to the OneNote app that will be the future OneNote app. And it's, it's one that is kind of derived from the OneNote uh, UWP app. Uh, if you have the OneNote UWP app, you can kind of go to the top of the screen and, and go to the draw section and it pulls up the, a very similar UI. Uh, it's now similar to that in the OneNote app going forward. Um, the great thing about this is that it emphasizes the tablet-esque nature of Windows 10, however little that may be, but uh, should help people start putting more pin to screen. Uh, the new feature is not entirely intuitive, but uh, to access it, you will need to launch OneNote and then navigate through the draw tab 
full page, then expand icon, and that should give you the um, the new UI. Users with a service device uh, that come with an injectable pin can access this feature easily uh, because OneNote automatically switches to pin focus view uh, when the pin is ejected. So uh, if you have it, that's great. If you want to, you can also program the button, the top click button to open a OneNote and it should open it up in that draw uh, section. But the update isn't without its own flaws, which can pop up when using the surface pin in select mode and cause the cursor to switch back to pin tool if you try and tap on the ink settings. So beware of that. The update comes alongside Windows 11 Insider Build version 2210, build 15724.100000 or later. Um, again, go look for it. You should find it awesome. It gives you more screen real estate. I think the current version of it gives you like I don't know, 75%, this new one should give you about 95. Uh, so if you are, if you have big hands like myself or you're left-handed and you have to draw across the screen, this is just uh, great for you. Uh, and other news, uh, speaking about drawing, uh, this is tangentially related. Microsoft began delivering its Android 12 update to Surface devices. Uh, and it seems mostly like Surface Duo 2 users are seeing the new update, uh, the new Windows 11 inspired update on their phones. We've covered that, uh, what's in this update several times, so I won't bore you with all the details yet again, but for anyone with the Surface Duo or Duo 2 or minutes away from making an impulsive buy on eBay to get one, because they still have some Surface Duo stock for like three, 400 bucks, which is great if you need a new Android tablet um, that has everything. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, just uh, know that the update seems to be solid. Uh, everyone that I've seen report on it has said that there has been relatively bug free, uh, unlike iOS 14 or 15, whatever, Twitter, whichever the latest one that came out, everyone seems to be seeing bugs with that one. Um, and uh, it surprisingly uh, has also improved the cameras for both. Uh, not a, not leaps and bounds for the Duo 1 originally, but you know, shutter speeds a little faster. For the Duo 2, it has increased low light performance, which I think was an issue. Uh, uh, it also has upped the HDR for daylight uh, photography as well. So, uh, and it's free. So if you have a Surface Duo device, go ahead and grab it. Uh, I have yet to see an original Duo uh, device be reviewed with the new update and in, anecdotally, I haven't gotten the update myself. I've been pressing the button every hour for you know to force and see if I can push the update through. It hasn't come through yet, so it might be a while before you see it. I know it will be for me because I have an AT&T locked uh, device, so I hopefully will get it by 2022, the end of 2022, maybe 2023 at the earliest. Uh, our buddy over over uh, on YouTube, Scary of Literal, he has an entire thread on how to kind of force update the device so i would suggest you go check out his channel uh he's been covering this extensively since i've known him um and he's been one of the top people to do it so if you have any questions about the update uh if you just want to see it up close uh head to his channel he will have everything you need for it uh, microsoft windows developer kit 2023 on arm is available people who are now can go purchase this thing microsoft's most underrated service device announced during its october event is making its way to customers this week in the form of Project Volterra, which is a Windows on ARM developer kit. While it's only a small black box, it's every bit of a Surface device in build quality and firmware accessibility. Uh, when you go to update this thing, you have to go through the Surface section to do it. Uh, this new device is part of Microsoft's ARM uh, native toolkit that includes preview versions of Microsoft Visual Studio 2022, version 17.4, the Windows 8 uh, app uh, SDK, 
and .NET Frameworks 4.1 or 4.8.1. Ideally, this is a dev kit that will help spark more Windows on ARM development. And that will have yet to be seen because everyone seems to be putting Windows in maintenance mode and got their eyes lusting after iOS and in some cases even Mac. Don't know why. But the Windows Developer Kit 2023 comes powered by a Snapdragon 8CX uh, Gen 3 Compute Platform and Qualcomm Neural Processor SDK, which is what we saw Microsoft show off on its Surface Pro 9 5G. The SDK gives developers access to the platform's advanced AI capabilities, such as uh, voice isolation and bokeh capturing features in the Surface Pro 9, which is uh, a modified version of the same processor found in this computer. The device comes with 32, 32 gigabytes of RAM, 525. 12 gigabytes of storage and an array of ports allowing for up to about three external monitors or two simultaneously at 4K resolution to be connected. Wi-Fi 6 uh, and physical ethernet uh, are available for connectivity options. I believe Zach Bowden over at Windows Central was, was talking about how his unit was having issues connecting to monitors. So uh, we'll see if that's a more widespread thing or if it's just Microsoft doesn't like or they, Microsoft likes joking with Zach and giving him bogus hardware to, to try and test out. If you live in Australia, Canada, China, France, Germany, Japan, uh, the United Kingdom, and the US, uh, you should be able to pick up one of these for about $599.99. They are only in these eight locations to start off with. Hopefully they expand this and give it to as many as possible because there are so many creative devs around the world uh, that could bring some pretty interesting uh, experiences to Windows on ARM. Last up, we have Microsoft enhancing support for Intel and AMD processors uh, on Windows 11 22H2. I know, forget all that talk about Qualcomm and ARM. Let's get back to what we know, Intel, AMD. If you're still struggling to get uh, Windows 11, Microsoft may have released an update to help. Earlier this week, Microsoft broadened its uh, list of supported processors for both Intel and AMD. According to Microsoft, the processors listed uh, represent the processor models which meet the minimum floor for the supported processor generations and up through the last processor at the time of publication. These processors meet the design principles around security, reliability, and the minimum uh, system requirements for Windows 11. So they've expanded more chips that they'll support, more older chips that they'll support for Windows 11, which uh, should help with uh, getting more people to upgrade their devices. We have not, uh, we have noted some ongoing issues with the Windows 11 update for people who managed to receive it. Even though, even with relative ease, they're still having issues with uh, things like file copying, uh, slowing down the OS. Uh, this is usually with system management um, and print driver support. Uh, it's been all over the map. So Microsoft, I believe, has a couple workarounds. We've had uh, those listed in a few uh, pieces that we've written. Um, so head to the site, check them out, to see how you can work yourself around that. Uh, so, but you know, at the end of the day, update uh, at your own discretion. I enjoy Windows 11. I think it's awesome. Uh, the 22 uh, update, 2022 update, has brought a bunch of great new features. Um, you can also test in an insider uh, version of this uh, if you have an extra device. That'd be great too. But um, on the whole, I think you should upgrade to Windows 11. I think you'll really enjoy it. Uh, and if you have issues, reach out to us, and uh, we will find our best solutions. Uh, to help you out that is the news for this week uh yeah it's kind of short uh, but um hopefully it was enough for you guys i want to thank you for joining me this weekend um if you're into more than just listening to me talk about uh these events and you want to kind of get the news for yourself and dig into some harder details or have some questions about anything head over to on microsoft.com 
you can also head to Twitter. Um, we are still on Twitter for the time being. Um, so if you want to get some headlines, you want to see some videos, you want to keep up to the minute on the latest uh, things happening in the Microsoft world or in tech in general that we cover, again, you can find us on Microsoft uh, as our Twitter handle on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Mindhead1, again, for now, on Twitter. Uh, and I'd love to talk and chat with people who are like-minded, like myself. Uh, if you want to hear about our giveaways or you want to talk more about gaming or things like that, we have some other dedicated places we're at, like on Pinterest, uh, Instagram, or whatnot, all under on Microsoft. Um, I believe that's it. I think I'm just in the rambling stages right now. So I'm going to end this with uh, enjoy your tech. Enjoy your weekend.